Welcome to When Life Gets Strange, tips for loving your perfectly imperfect military and everyday life. Let me introduce you to my wife and your host, Maria Strange. We have been married for over 20 years, over 17 years in the Army, and she is the mother to our six children, and we are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. As a certified life coach, Maria's goal is to help you thrive and love your perfectly imperfect military and everyday life. Are you ready? Hello, ladies, and welcome to episode 26 of When Life Gets Strange, Six Steps to Thriving as a Military Spouse with A.J. Stapley. All right, guys, you are in for a treat today on When Life Gets Strange. My friend A.J. is here. She's a fellow military spouse. And together, we're just going to share some pointers of things that we've learned over the years that have helped us out that we think will help you out. So to start off, I'm going to have AJ introduce herself to you guys and tell us a little bit about her and all the great things that she does. She's a blogger, and it's amazing. All the great things that I do. Um, So I'm a military wife, three little kids. We've been in the military Four, four years in ROTC and eight years active duty. Nice. Uh, I've been a teacher, educator, stay-at-home mom. Stay-at-home mom. My daughter babysits for her. Yes, and she's amazing. We're really sad she's leaving. My yeah. daughter's going to have to find new employment. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just spend about 12 years in this military atmosphere, and we talk a lot about that, and we both we both think that we thrive not just survive. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. During the separation period, which doesn't come natural for some people, and that's okay. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to talk about this, because we think we have a lot to share with you guys. And we hope you like it and get some value out of it. So first off, we're each going to share you the best advice or advice that we were given very early in our military careers. What was yours? So my husband was in ROTC, and we were newlyweds, and we had some periods of separation, uh, but looking back now, that was, they were like nothing, you know, it was like two, two weeks, one month, but it was really hard when you're newlywed and it's, you know, you're not used to that schedule. Um, so during that time period, I knew a woman who was older. She'd been a military wife for a number of years and she's super sassy, super outgoing. And I asked her, I said, you know, what would be some advice that you, you'd give me for when we are in the military and he deploys and blah, blah, blah. And she just said, you can either be the wife that's sad or you can be the wife that plays. And I chose to be the wife that plays. And I thought, yeah, I want to be the wife that plays. So that's kind of been my mantra, just be the wife that plays. I love that. Okay, and so the advice that I have, our very first duty station through church, I got assigned to visit a lady that was probably in her late 60s, early 70s, and she told me, she goes, you know, all these military families move into these communities, and you're new, and... You expect people to go out of their way to be friendly and reach out to you. And she's like, but we're always being left. Our best friends are always coming and going and leaving. And she's like, there's some greatness to that, right? We get to have these new friends. But what would it be like if you reached out to those in the community, Mm -hmm. if you put forth the effort to be their friends? And so that's kind of been one of the things that I've done. Mm -hmm. Everywhere we've gone, I've made a point to get out and to get to know the people in the community and I think it really has helped me to love the communities that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Anywhere we've been, because I've made friends with the locals, I've learned what makes that place so great. Mm-hmm. And you feel more a part of the area. You're not just, I'm just this visitor that kind of here for a couple of years and then I'll leave. It makes you feel more at home. Yes. All right. So the first topic that we want to talk about is before your husband leaves, 
you want to expect the unexpected and plan. So AJ, what are some ways that you plan for things? So I think of what gives me anxiety and what makes me worried. Uh, for me, a big one is if the car breaks down, if, what, who will I call? I can't call my husband, so can I call insurance, AAA? What will I do? If it's a hot, blazing summer day and I've got the kids with me, do I have a friend I can call that can take the kids? You know, who is my support system when things go wrong? Because if you haven't learned this, they will go wrong. And if you're not prepared, that's when the stress and the worry really, really kicks in. Yeah, and kind of to add to that, I also wanted to point out that just as much stuff breaks when our husbands are home as when they're gone, but our mind about it is different. When they're gone, we get into this thought, everything breaks, Murphy's Law. And I've even <laughs> joked with that, you know, we joke about that as military spouses, mm -hmm. but like I have a sister-in-law whose husband is a firefighter, mm -hmm. and we've talked about that too. It seems that so much goes worse even when he's gone. Mm -hmm. But when we really sit back and think about it, mm -hmm. It really doesn't. <laughs> no. But it's just you don't have that support system. So, like, being a parent is really hard by yourself because all the decisions are on you, you know. So just preparing as best you can ahead of time. Um, you know, if if do you, do you know how to do all the finances? Are you familiar with that? Are you familiar with things, like she said, around the house break? Just do what you can to prepare before he leaves so you're not your world isn't rocked when something goes wrong. Yeah. And so some people have what they call a control journal. I don't know if you've ever done no, one. No. Tell so, me about that. A control <laughs> journal. So that's what it is. A control journal is where you would put down the, all the account numbers, all the passwords. Oh, you would put... Like a phone number list? It's more than a phone number list. You would put your important documents a lot of time mm -hmm. are in okay. there. Okay. Who to call, who's your repairman, the AAA... It's just really a place to consolidate everything together mm -hmm. so that in an emergency, you can grab it and go. Mine's in my, I have a pink folder and it has all right, of our, right there. yeah, it's sitting over here on my <laughs> desk because right I was going through it. My son is away at college and getting married and I was like, oh, he probably needs all of his own papers. Mm -hmm. And, and so I was just kind of going through his documents and, oh, we don't need this anymore. This, you know. Over the years of 20, 21 years, a lot of documents get collected in there, but it's quick, it's easy to grab it and go. I like Passports, that. everything, I keep everything in it. I like that. That's a good idea. So it's called a control journal. Mine's kind of evolved into a folder that you can grab and go. Mm -hmm. So the next thing that we want to talk about is allowing yourself to grieve. Yes. What do you got? Actually, can I go back to that last one? Yeah. I'm sorry. This is important too. If you have kids... Plan some respite time. If you have little kids, do you have a babysitter in case you get sick and you just need a little break? Or, you, you know, are you going to go to the gym regularly where there's childcare so you can just get a little break? If you don't plan for that ahead of time, it will just come down really hard on you in the moment. So plan to give yourself a little respite if you have kids. Yeah, and so adding actually onto that, one of the things, the most YMCAs offer yes, yes. a parent's night out once yes. a month. You can join a group like Mobs, so you can, which is Mothers of Preschoolers, where you can get out and meet other moms. Mm -hmm. But during the meetings, they actually provide childcare. Oh, yeah. And the ones that I was a part of when my kids were little, we did a brunch type thing, mm -hmm. and there was a lesson. Like that's where I learned about the five love languages, mm -hmm. love and logic parenting, just all sorts of different ways to help you grow. And to be more prepared. But and you so, have a little break. You'll but have you have a little break. Yeah. And you're getting to socialize. For me, sometimes when I was pregnant, I would go to the Y. And the Y at our first duty station in Kentucky had a chapel in it. Oh, I would really? bring a book and I would go sit in the chapel <gasps> and read my book That's and nap do. during my free child care. That's what I would have done. They're like, 
where are you going to be? And I'm like, the chapel. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but oh. you're paying for that membership. So even if that membership, if all you do is go sit somewhere in the gym and have a few minutes to yourself, that's totally okay. Yeah, because you're going to need it. You're definitely going to need it. Just a little reboost every day just to kind of rejuvenate. Oh, yeah. And as we're looking at the notes, she just kind of moved them around. There's also, it said, do you know how to get a hold of your husband in the event of an emergency? Oh, yes. And so one of the things that I learned about during our last deployment. That's our friend. Yeah. Isn't he cute? <laughs> is It's called the Hero Care app. And it's put out by the Red Cross, I believe. And in it, you put down your husband's name, rank, mm -hmm. social security, everything that you would need mm -hmm. to get a hold of him in an emergency. Mm -hmm. And then actually, you can even just push the button from there and it will call the Red Cross. That's and awesome. And connect you so all the information is there and at your fingertips. I've never heard about that until she just told me, which is amazing. So I yeah, that. I thought that was one of the greatest things that I, for our last deployment. I've never need to use it, but I have had spouses or mm -hmm. mothers that needed to contact their sons that mm -hmm. way. And because as a unit, we had taken the time and had talked about it and had it set up, how much easier the process was. And we were able to get that soldier home when there was an emergency. Awesome. Okay, so then the next step is allow yourself to grieve. And this looks different for everybody. And it's an emotional time period if your husband's deploying, even if he's doing a TDY, he's just going to be gone for a few weeks, few months. It's still emotional. Even basic training. I've been seeing oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Like these, this first separation of going to basic training and yeah. how do we cope? How do we do this? Yeah. So be sad. It's okay to be sad. For me, and you might be sad maybe during the planning period ahead of time. Personally, I'm on autopilot that entire time. I'm just kind of go, 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 get things done. And then the day of happens, or the drive, or we're like two minutes from the drop-off point, and then I just, boom, it just hits me, and I'm just sobbing the rest of the day, and that's okay. And I just let myself sob, I let myself be sad, and then after that, I'm usually, I'm usually fine. Yeah, so another thing also before that, you might find that you withdraw or that you're fighting. Um, that's totally normal too, that's just your brain's way of trying to prepare you for that separation. Mm -hmm. So recognize that that's okay. Like AJ said, she, I do. I get onto that autopilot, but I also find that I do tend to fight with Spencer more. And so I have to remind myself that that's coming. And so that, to think about that, one of the other things that I do actually before a deployment or something mm -hmm. is I write a letter to myself oh, of all the things that I did during that deployment. So those last couple of deployments I've been in school and in life mm -hmm. coach training. And so I write about, oh, well, he's gone. You know, these are my things. I cook dinner these many nights and we have yo-yos. We call it you're on your own suckers because my youngest is almost 10 so they can find leftovers and heat them up or make toast oatmeal eggs uh -huh. my kids are really self-sufficient mm -hmm. and so that's our favorite is like you're on your yo-yos you're on your own suckers have fun mm -hmm. but it's break but it's allowed me to have that time to do the school and that but I write that letter to myself about how I've accomplished it what kind of grades I got and sometimes I'm like I buy flowers once a week and put them on my table because I like seeing them. You do this before the deployment? I do this before the deployment. So it's so like it's, a plan, uh -huh. like a schedule? So it's kind of almost a, yeah, so yeah. almost like a schedule or a goal, but not a breaking it down step-by-step -step goal, yeah. just an overall goal of what the whole deployment will look like. Okay, I like that. And so, and then it's set to email. There's, I can't think of what the website is, but you, so 
I've seen lately, like, it's growing in popularity. Mm -hmm. There's websites out there where you can write it to yourself and set it on a date to email it to you. (laughs) So you would get it at the end of the deployment, like, the letter you wrote, like, how much you grew during it. Uh But it's just setting the intention for that separation. Yeah. I like it. Um, So you do what you need to do to grieve when the separation happens. However, that's a big however. Yes. Do not let it last very long. You don't want to just live in the sadness because a lot of the spouses that I know who just handle the separation really well and they, they really do well in the military, they see the silver lining of having that separation and they plan accordingly. And that doesn't mean that you're not sad that your spouse is gone. That doesn't mean you don't miss him. It doesn't mean that you want him gone by any means. But there are things that happen or don't happen when he's gone. And you can look at that as a positive, right? Like for me, I don't... I don't cook for my kids. My husband's gone. I won't cook dinner. It's just it's just one more thing that's just less for me to do. And it's great. And I have more time. Or, you know, if you have schooling you want to do or you want to crank out some more classes or you have a hobby you want to work on, something. But look at the time you're given and make the most of it. I mean, yes, because it really is... Yes, we all love having our husbands around, but there are things that you can do differently when they're gone yes. and different ways you can connect. Yes. AJ and I both, we go visit family a lot when they're gone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. pack up the kids and road trip. And Plan some travel time when they're gone. That's a great way to... And for a long time when we were first actually in the military, I had this mindset of, ooh, I shouldn't do fun things when he's gone. But really, that I know I love AJ's face. No, because be the spouse that plays. Be yeah. the spouse that plays. Because when you're sitting there thinking, oh, I can't do these things because he's not here, oh, then you're yeah. missing out on those yeah. moments. And they want to hear that too. That's a huge thing for for husbands. When they have, you know, when they hear that you're having a great time, you're self-sufficient, you're keeping yourself busy, you're doing all these great things, that helps them to feel at peace with you back home so they can focus on their job. Their mission. Whatever their mission is. I mean, they don't want to worry about their family at home. If you're happy. Yeah. And so when Spencer joined the army, we were already married. We had two kids. I was Mm -hmm. pregnant with our third. Mm -hmm. And I moved home for basic training because I knew we'd have the baby while he was gone. And we moved into a trailer on my parents' property. Mm -hmm. And the stairs needed to be fixed. Mm -hmm. And he didn't fix them for me. And I fell down them and I broke my foot. Wait, while he was gone? While he was gone at basic. Oh my goodness. And this was back before, I don't really know, we probably got phone calls, but I don't really remember them. It was really letters. (laughs) There wasn't cell phones. Four years ago. (laughs) Right? (laughs) There really wasn't cell phones. We sent a telegram to them. Yes. (laughs) And, but I remember part of my brain was like, this is all his fault that I broke my foot. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to tell him that when I got... So I know I got to talk to him because I never said it. But when he came home for that Christmas exodus, Mm -hmm. he was probably in AIT at the time because I had our baby. Well, he was on the bus from basic to AIT, so no one could get a hold of him. Mm -hmm. He couldn't get a hold of us. Like, he would try and call from the rest areas. But when he came home, he's like, that was totally my fault that you broke your foot, wasn't it? And I'm like... I was like, maybe a little bit. You should have fixed the stairs. But it was just kind of, but now it's kind of this joke. He's like, because I didn't say it. I wasn't, you know. And so share things with them, but also don't really blame them for things that happen. It was just a fluke accident. Yeah. You don't want them to worry. That's the thing. You don't want them to worry while they're away because they need to focus on their job. That doesn't mean you don't lie or withhold necessarily important information, but you want to take care of yourself so they can feel good about you being back home. And when you're happy and doing things, Mm -hmm. that comes across so much in those conversations with your spouse that allows them 
to focus. Which takes us to our next point, which is make goals and make a schedule. So you talked a little bit about, that's what I looked at. Well, that's what I thought of when you were writing your little, yeah, you know, a vision for your deployment. But make goals. Like when my husband leaves, no matter how long it is, I will sit down and just crank out a list of all the things I want to get done, all the projects I want to work on, the travel I want to do. And then I make a schedule. I have weekly schedules. I have daily schedules. And I'm not super... I'm going to bring it. I'm not super organized. Like This is my schedule for Mine week. is very ugly. <laughs> mine is very chaotic and ugly and sloppy, but it still... It helps. And for two reasons. One, if you're busy, you have young kids, you're at home, whatever it is, you're in school, work, kids are in activities. It just helps to keep everything aligned and you make time for the important things and you don't you're not all flustered and all over the place on the other end if you don't have a whole lot going on maybe it's maybe you just moved to your area you haven't gotten a job you don't have any kids and you have a lot of free time that can also be challenging because that's when people like to just kind of you know just go back to their home and just watch tv all day or whatever it is so if you have all that time plan it out and fill it with things that are meaningful and enjoyable, and you will feel a lot better. Yeah. And so one of the things that we've talked about was scheduling time for yourself first. Like, yes. what yes. motivates you? And if you have those little kids, and you're trying to do a blog, or you're recording a podcast, or you're building a business, or you have goals, you just plan. want to sleep. Or you just want to sleep. You just shower. Yeah. But you also want to plan for the times that those kids are going to interrupt you. Yeah. Be realistic in your planning. Otherwise, it will lead to some frustration and then also ask like how can I make this more fun so you have super super structured over here mm -hmm. and you have super relaxed just go with the flow over here really making it the most fun is somewhere in the middle where you have a schedule you have an outline but you have the flexibility to go with what does come mm -hmm. and a lot of people will say oh but there's always an emergency when you really think about it how many emergencies do you really have there's really not that many, no. but we use that as an excuse to not schedule. Mm, no. And so be on to yourself that really there's not that many. And if your scheduling, if your schedule is flexible, mm -hmm. you're going to have time to account for when there truly is an emergency. Yeah. Another thing with kids and schedules, make sure your list of like emergency contacts mm -hmm. is updated for school. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of the school at East here, you know, they sent home all the paperwork. I was looking at ours and I was like, Oh, that person's moved. That person's moving in a month. Oh, I got, I need to go, but I need to update. All my friends are gone. <laughs> All my friends are leaving. <laughs> um, so just make sure those types of things are updated. Yeah. We keep a list on our fridge of who to call, and I was looking at that. I'm like, yep, that needs to be updated yes. too. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. It's part of planning beforehand and expect the unexpected. Um, and just plan... The next point is take care of yourself. And I like to include that in my schedule. Me too. Like, so for me, when he's gone, Friday nights, I'll watch a movie. And I don't watch a movie any other night of the week. Like, I'll like, have something on in the background while I'm working on things or folding laundry. But I never actually just sit and watch something and relax and enjoy it. But when the husband's gone, Friday night is my time to, like, kick off the weekend. <laughs> Because when you're home all day with little kids, every day seems the same. So Friday yep. night is my time to say, hey, it's the weekend. Yay. And I'm going to make myself a treat and watch a chick flick. And it's something to look forward to. So figure out whatever you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. And I really like that because one of the things that I actually teach my clients, like if they're feeling super overwhelmed, yeah. is one, to focus in. Like what do you have to do or yeah. what to do next? Yeah. But also to plan for the future. Plan something that you're looking forward yes. to. 
instead of looking to the past like, oh, if my husband was home, we would do this. No, plan something that you're looking you forward to. You do it. Um, so plan. So I love that, that you look, you plan yeah. something fun to do. And on that with planning is plan something to look forward to towards the end of the deployment. Just so, you know, you kind of... When you get to the end and you're just stru- you know, tired and you're like, I just want him to come home, it's something to look forward to rather than just counting the days and the minutes for him to come home. So like one time I planned a girl's trip and I was so excited about it. I did my girl's trip and it was like weeks after he got home and it just flew by really quickly. So Yes. And that I also don't count the days. I know lots of people count the days and do different things like that. I've never counted days because... They always change. <laughs> and then it's never it's, the right amount of it's days. It's never the right amount. Anyways. No. <laughs> but if you want to do something like that because everybody's different, mm-hmm. totally do it. Yeah. Like I've seen, you know, the Hershey kisses. Everybody gets a kiss a day until dad comes home. Oh, that's cute. And I think that's cute. But have extra to throw in the jar. <laughs> yes. I've actually heard don't tell kids the exact day when he'll be home. or at Because least, it changes? Yeah. Or at least make sure they understand that it might change. I don't know. Yeah. So, and I think also tell them what's coming up. Yeah. Let them know that dad, I think we talked about that, we have that as a point in here, but just let them know. Yeah, that dad's leaving. And when and for how long and even little kids, it's, it's difficult because you think, they're not going to know, but we got maps out, we put pictures up that said, you know, we're here, dad's over here, and we, I think I used holidays as kind of a guiding point. I said, you're not going to see him until Christmas. It's a long, 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 long time away, you know, right. which kind of helps them understand that it is a long time. And yeah. so that kind of takes us into that next step of plan with your husband the yes. communication that you want to have. Yes. And so just let him get to where he's at. Let him get adjusted to a schedule and then try to plan how and when you'll talk to each other. Yeah. And recognize that you're going to have different communication styles. Like I to personally talk to my husband every day uh-huh. and he's good with a text message. Mm-hmm. And so we have to find a balance there. It doesn't mean he doesn't love her. Right. It just means she's a talker and he's not. Which is totally true. He's totally not a talker yeah. at all. So true. <laughs> but so recognize that mm-hmm. and don't make the level of communication like if his is different than yours. Like you said, it doesn't mean anything about me or yeah. our relationship. Yeah. It just means something about him and what's going on. And you'll see there will be times where it's more stressful and they're not going to want to talk as much. Mm-hmm. And I've also had the opposite where it's more stressful and he wants to talk all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that is his, I'm the outlet, that safe place. So be that safe place, however it looks like for him. No worries. Um, Your alarm. That <laughs> was my alarm going off. Um, yeah, I, I like that. Okay, next point. Oh, t- to, well, we wanted to talk a little bit about, we did, telling the kids and making sure they know. Mm-hmm. And then just some things like, Having him read a book oh, or yeah. sing a song, yeah. something to connect with the children. Yes. I know my kids have always enjoyed that. Having dad, even the older girls, he'll read a chapter and mm-hmm. send it. That He can record it when it's convenient and quiet for him. Because my husband's on an airfield. It's always loud. Mm-hmm. So if he can find someplace quiet to mm-hmm. record it, then he will. And he can just send it and they can listen to it. Mm-hmm. There's also United Through Reading, the USO. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of organizations out mm-hmm. there that let you read a book and send it, and they'll even send a copy of the book for free. There's a soldier doll. I can't remember where you get that from, but you can record. It's it's a dressed in a military fatigue soldier, and you can put the uh, soldier's face in it, and then they can record a message on it. 
I have the old school ones. They do not have recordings in them, but they do have his face. Oh, <laughs> hey, that's better than that. And then another thing, just um, every day. So my friend taught me to do it at 143 because the one stands for I, the four for love, mm-hmm. and the three for you. I love you. To take that time every day and to think about your spouse and to think about how you love them. At 143. At 143. Just to stop and think about your spouse. Yeah. Set a, set a timer on your phone if you mm-hmm. need to, to stop and think about them because Really, our connection with others comes through our thoughts and what we think about them. That's good. It's a way of being intimate without actually being yeah. together. I like that. I like that. So the last point we wanted to talk about was being flexible. flexible. This is the name of the Army Girls. It's the name yeah. of the military. The military, we always say have plan A, B, C, and then you're going to go back to plan A. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's all going to change and be willing to look for it. Be willing to roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. It can be enjoyable. And so I also encourage you, look for where you do have choices mm-hmm. instead of just believing it's all happening to you. And AJ has a really great story about I that. I do. So we, he was in college. He was in ROTC. And that summer, my best friend was getting married across the country. And we were planning this big road trip. We were so excited. We didn't have kids at the time. And including close to the summertime, he decided to take this internship kind of thing for the military and he was going to be gone. And I either could have just been sad, which I was, and just flown up there for the weekend or whatever. But instead I made it a road trip with my sisters and it was amazing. And he was really happy I did that and it was great. And so can you see how that flexibility allowed her to get that time with her sisters? So not only did she feel connected with her husband because she wasn't mad and resenting him for it, but she got to actually have that connection and bonding time with her sisters. Mm-hmm. And I know I've done a couple of trips with my sisters. Mm-hmm. We have a friend coming up here. Her husband's actually on a year-long deployment somewhere. And she's flying out here for a weekend for a girl's trip. Yeah. And just to plan things like that and be flexible and go with the flow of mm-hmm. what the Army gives you. And just really remember that you do have choices to make. Mm-hmm. And it's in taking back that power that you can really find happiness and thrive in this life. And I think that's something that AJ and I both do is that we recognize that we have choices. Like she said at the very beginning, do I want to be that sad wife or can I be the wife that plays? And I choose to be the wife that plays. Mm-hmm. And I've seen time and time again, the wives who get out and play and get out into their communities, look for that silver lines. They are the ones who really thrive and
that's what we really want for all of you. Thank you so much, AJ, for being here. Tell us where we can find you. Uh, you can find me at the link. Go and do uh, that. Maria's going to put on her uh, video here. And yep. I write more. I write somewhat about military life, but I also write a lot about just being a woman and how to be a strong, independent, confident woman that has served me well my entire life. So I love it. Okay, ladies, thank you so much for listening to my podcast with AJ. As you can see, she is just absolutely amazing. So I hope you take the time to check her out. And I just wanted to recap for you the six steps to helping you thrive as a military spouse, especially when your spouse is deployed. Number one, before he leaves, expect the unexpected and plan for it. Number two, allow yourself to grieve. Number three, see the silver lining and plan accordingly. Number four, do what you need to do to take care of you. Number five, plan with your husband how and when you will communicate so that you guys are on the same page. And number six, be flexible because we know in life things don't typically don't always go the way we plan. So be flexible, be, be willing to ask how you can make this a little bit more fun. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Maria Strange Coaching. And if you like this podcast, please review it and share it with another military spouse who you think could benefit for it. Have a great day and I'll see you next week. Bye.